This is your typical radio ad while eating a Crunch Bar. This is Automatic of Auto's Used Cars. This weekend only, we're having a whale. Bring the kids. See for yourself. It is huge. Gonna make a big splash. No other dealer can say they have a whale like this. When things sound dull, turn up the fun with Crunch. Good evening, gentle listener, and welcome to Distractable, a Wood Elf production with your hosts, Babbling Bob, Mammoth Mark, and Whopping Wade. This week, the Batty Bunch brandish bardic blandishments about the bounteously brave and brilliant of man's best buddies. Yes, it's time for Pet Stories. Please prepare thy treats and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Distractable. I will be your host for today's episode. My name is Bob, and I'm joined, as always, by Mark and Wade. Hello. Hey, hey. How are you guys doing? I don't know if I said that. Hey. hey that's, no, that's how you always scream. Mm. I don't know if you just heard it for the first time. But hey, hey. My normal intro. <laughs> every video, every stream you've ever started. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Kind of valley girl-esque or something. Hey, hey. We know your intros in and out. Yeah. Clearly. Uh, how are you, fellas? How's your week? How's your day? Hour? How's this hour for you? Pretty good. good. Oh, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. You no know, crazy stories? Decided to get the show over with and get some lunch. I'm so hungry. Yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's yeah. bang this out. <laughs> shit this turd out, dude. Yeah, let's put even less effort into this than we usually do. <laughs> Can we just edit in some words from all the other distractibles by now and just like pretend that we're here? Yeah, Will. Can you build this episode for us? Thank you. Yeah. Uh-huh. We'll call it the episode we didn't actually make. And then, yeah. We're done. Great topic, Bob. Yeah. The topic for today was Florida. We'll edit, edit something in there. That's yeah. topic-ish. And then edit the rest of it. And the winner was Wade. Oh, I'm sad or happy. Congratulations. Can't what a that. surprise. I'm sad and or happy. Ah. Mm-hmm. You earned it. Beautiful. Anyway, today is a magical day. Whoa. Oh, it's the 22nd day. Oh, wait, am I, should I not date this that hard? I don't know when this is coming yeah, out. Yeah, come on, man. Come on, man. It's a magical day. It's just an oh. ordinary day, but magical. I woke up this morning, not in a pile of my own feces, mm. but in a dry, clean bed. Ooh. Is that an unusual start? I didn't even have to change my underpants to come and do the podcast. Hey, congratulations. Yeah, I did it. That's awesome. I'm more worried about the other days after hearing you say that than I am happy about today i think today is a uniquely special day for those reasons mm. don't we all normally wake up in a puddle of our own diarrheas not usually no never once even actually except uh, for maybe when i was a baby lucky for you though actually that's a good point we all have woken up in our lives in a puddle of our own feces that is a universal <laughs> that's experience true. that's a universal experience and if we live long enough we'll get to again yeah. sounds like a bar bet yeah You're like at the bar with a bunch of like bro I bet you I know a story about you where you woke up and you had shit your pants. Yeah. And the guy's like, I have never done that. I've never shit my pants. You're like, I bet you a hundred bucks. I can tell you a story from your own life where you woke up in a pile of your own feces. Mm. And you follow that up immediately with, what's your mom's phone number? <laughs> no, well, you don't have to. You can just be like, okay, when were you born? Okay, like that, 1987. Okay, it's January 26th, 1988. You woke up in a pile of shit because you were a baby. You owe me a hundred dollars. Boom. Boom. Oh, but I want to get punched for asking for their mom's number. 
I mean, you d that's when you already have it. You know, you pull it up. Oh. Once you once you disgrace them by winning that bet, then you're like, all right, you don't want to pay me hundred bucks? Give me your mom's number, <laughs> and then they punch you. Oh wait, already got it. I'm your daddy, boy. Whoa. <laughs> okay. And then get punched twice as hard, right? Well, I don't know. Children aren't really supposed to punch their parents, so I would hope if they're a good person, they would show you the respect that you deserve, I guess. Oh, that's right. Respect your elders, random stranger who might be older than me. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, look, today's episode. The way it's, I didn't even do this. The way this works, it's a podcast. Uh, Mark and Wade are competing. I'm the judge. Mm. And, uh, and, and, and at the end, I will select a winner based on an arbitrary judging system that I implement and uh, you know, definitely keep close track of over the course of the episode. Today, gentlemen, you will be competing uh, to tell me a story. We're going to go old school. Mm. I'm going to ask you to... to t I like this. Mark brought this back a few episodes ago, I think. I'm going to ask you to conceptualize something, title your story for me, or a couple stories, whatever you got. And we're going we're gonna to do it like we did it back in the day. Mm. Uh, years and years ago. I'll give you, I'll give you a little preamble. Mm. I'm in my family's home, and I'm feeling curious. That's why you didn't shit yourself. I'm I'm not myself. This is a story about someone else. Oh. I start I start to wander around. I go up to my uh, brother, see what he's doing. Nothing interesting. Go to my mom, glass of wine in her hand. Doesn't interest me. Go to my dad. He's eating nachos, and I'm like, mm, I want some nachos. And I start thinking, what can I do? How can I convince my dad to give me some nachos? What can I do? I sit on the floor in front of him and just stare into his soul. I lay on my back on the floor in front of him and look up at him being cute, you know? He's my dad. He thinks I'm cute. Just playing it up. Maybe I roll back and forth a little bit, you know? Maybe I flop around. Maybe I just ham it up. I gently approach him, put my hand on his knee, and I'm like, hey, I see you have some nachos. None of this seems to be working. Finally, dad sets the plate of nachos down to go grab another drink, whatever. He goes out in the kitchen, and I'm like, this is my chance. I jump into my dad's chair frantically gnashing it, it, it destroying even the nachos i down a bunch i run away into the front room hide under the coffee table dad comes back sees what has happened and exclaims to the entire family goddamn dog ate my nachos wasn't anybody watching the stupid dog get out get outside you get outside right now dad is so mad mm but I got some motherfucking nachos. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you caught on. So you're a dog? Uh, yeah. I'm the family dog. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh. Because today's theme mm -hmm. is pet stories. <laughs> Pets are so goofy. Mm -hmm. They're adorable, but we treat them like they're a member of the family. Manny and I treat our dog, Lexi, like she's literally our child. We talk to her. We hold her like a baby. She can get anything she wants if she looks at us the right way. She knows this. Mm -hmm. You guys have pets. Yeah. You're a member of the family, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, you like your dogs? sorry, I'm in another place. I was thinking about my pets. You literally <laughs> asked about pets, and I zoned out. I was like, oh, my pets. I could be up there petting them right How's now. How's your dog? Is your dog okay? <laughs> Is your dog okay? Yeah, dogs are great, man. Thanks for oh, asking. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was hoping to never recall that happening uh. for the rest of my life, but I'm glad we brought it up on the very next episode that I had to host. Oh, you're very welcome, man. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. fine. It's fine. <laughs> it can possibly happen again. We haven't talked about pets, have we? No. No, we did. It was the third episode. Don't you remember? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. And it's reminiscent of that 1994 movie, uh, Pets. Remember that one? <laughs> yeah, if you tell me any pet stories that are from uh, pet movies, if you tell me Air Bud, mm. Air Bud 2 through 8, mm. if you tell me about uh, uh, the, the Pet cemetery story, if you tell me about that that monkey uh, Dunstan who checked in to the hotel. None of that. Okay. I'm looking for stories. 
I, I will say I picked this topic because I have so, I have a specific story that I know is from your life, Mark, that yeah. I really, really like. Oh, yeah. I'm already thinking of the same thing. But yeah, you guys can talk about your pets, pets in the world that have done things mm. that are amazing. If you tell me the plot of Balto, though, that's not really, that doesn't count. That's not your story. I love that's Balto. Me. I had a little stuffed animal I carried around for years of Balto. Oh, mm -hmm. Balto. Mm. Balto was awesome. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Everyone loves Mint Mobile, and it's time for more Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. If you say a word too much, it doesn't sound like a word anymore. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile. Did you know Mint Mobile has unlimited talk and text? Everyone knows Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows you can save with Mint Mobile. M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash distractible. Use distractible. Use the slash distractible. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash distractible. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash D-I-S-T-R-A-C-C-I-B-L-E. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month for the first three months only. Speed slower than 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I already have a title. Oh, oh man! All right. Do you uh, have a title, Wade? How close are you? Do we need to stall? Yeah, I've got one. But let, I'll, Mark, go ahead. I'll, I'll, let me refine my title. All right. What's your, what's your title, Mark? My title is "The Day the Roomba Killed Itself." <laughs> oh, that's not fair! I know I can't compete with this story. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, you'll have multiple chances. We can go back and forth. You never know. Pets do all kinds of goofy things. Yeah. You gotta have stories. This, uh, like not not even current pets. I could think of stories from past pets and stuff like that. I like that. I know this story. This yeah. is the one I was hoping for. Yeah. I'm excited. No, oh, I'm happy. Do you need a minute wait, or do you want to? You can let Mark go first, I suppose. Oh no, I'm gonna call this. Uh, I got I got a title: The Front Porch Massacre. Ooh, that's oh. good. Ooh. Ooh, interesting. You know what? I'm gonna let Wade go first. That, that is a compelling title. Huh? That's an that's an interesting title. Yeah. Uh, points for that probably. Mm -hmm. I don't know who's in charge of points, but they probably give you points. All right. I think Will or Baltimore. So, <laughs> I, I guess I'll just dive into it. Mm -hmm. We're gonna rewind time back. Oh man, I th I think this was still high school years for us, so we'll call it 2018 to make us sound younger. Uh, <clears throat> okay. Okay, it was probably like 2006, man. <laughs> You know, you know us, fresh out of high school. God, I can't wait to grow up. Where am I gonna be? You know us, twenty-two year olds. That's us, I man. I can't wait to grow some hair in Menards, man. I want to be an adult so bad. Wait, I can't believe you outed us as being so young. Now, people have been thinking we're older than we are, Duder. So now they know we're young. God, you sound older by the moment, way. Continue your story, fellow Zoomer. Oh yeah, okay. You got it. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's go flossing. Sheesh. Okay. Um, well, I'm gonna just continue now immediately. I love backpack kid, right? He's cool, right? That's what the kids like. I mean, us kids like. Mm -hmm. We are the epitome of the. How are you doing, fellow kids? All right, so it's way, way back. It was probably like 2006, 2007. My mom had a house on a cul-de-sac. I think you guys visited that house. 
with like a, a nice kind of garden. Well, I guess garden is the right word. It's a, what, what do you call flower bed <laughs> area? Oh, flower beds. There you go. Sure. Yeah. One of them we called the island. It was like this big mound of dirt with a bunch of different flowers and plants on it. And uh, because we were in a cul-de-sac, we were kind of far back. We were more relaxed with our pets being outside. So we had a wiener dog named Bella and a cat whose name is Shadow. We've always called him Keeters. He's still around. But Keeters loved hanging out outside and we lived far enough away from like busy roads where it was like we didn't really worry about him being out there. There were no other real cats he had to worry about. So he would just spend a lot of time outside lounging around in the flower beds, relaxed and soaking up some sun. And every now and then, you know, he'd kill a creature. We'd find like a dead mole or a dead bird or something. Why is he going and killing all these house elves? What the fuck? Well, because he's a serial killer. <laughs> okay. This is called the Front Porch Massacre. Do remember that? Yes. Oh, that's so true. one particular evening, I came home from, I don't remember where, somewhere. And uh, as I approached the front door, I noticed what I thought maybe was either toys or some packages, something on the front porch. I, was like, I don't know what all that is. And as I approach, there is not one, not two, but there are three butchered animals on the front porch. There is a dead squirrel. There is a bird with no head. Oh. And there is a mouse split into two with the top half still moving its legs. Ah. Freaking out and realizing I probably need to do something about this, I open the front door and out of nowhere comes Keeters who grabs the top of the mouse that's still moving, the top half of the mouse, runs inside with it, drops it, and the thing starts trying to crawl around. Ugh. Ah, no. Wait, 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 important, important detail. Was it dropped on a hard surface, tile, linoleum or something, or carpet? Thankfully, that was a tile floor it was dropped on at Ugh. that point. Yeesh. Oh, that's lucky. Yeah, so uh, had to scoop up, try to get rid of the half a mouse, all, and he just kept trying to bring in other things. But he had this propensity for wanting to, I guess all cats do, I, I think, where they kill animals and they try to like present parts of them to you, like you're their family and they're trying That's to like feed gift, you or show right? off or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, they're providing. Yeah, so trying to get this half of a mouse from him was not fun. But it was like, you know, the front porch massacre is specifically for this one instance where there were the three dead critters. But mm. there were times where he would bring in like an live squirrel or mouse and let them go and they would take off <laughs> and we would try to have to like catch them or he'd like just enjoy the hunt uh bella liked to skin snakes like oh. she would find a garter snake and just skin it alive oh wow uh what the hell and they both liked killing moles so we always had holes all over the yard but bella would dig for moles and then like try to murder them and deliver them to us so our front porch over the years just became a hotbed of murdered fauna great yeah never had like an outside dog and i've never had a cat so i've never really experienced this but ours are indoor this is like a lot of murdering mm -hmm. yeah i mean bella was like a wiener dog right yeah that's not really yeah she's not like a big hunting outside but like skin snakes alive was bella a sociopath i guess i mean whenever she'd get a mole she would usually just like kill it you know it was pretty like quick just crunch murder but with snakes i mean i remember my mom out in the garden one day she was like weeding or something and then just went to reach for a weed and looked over and under her hand there was just a skinless snake still like trying to live ah yeesh did bella ever laugh while this was happening <laughs> <laughs> you ever come out to Bella with a snake and it's like strung up and the snake is like, please. And Bella's like, 
and then starts peeling the skin off. Yeah, our critters were straight out of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or something. I don't know. Yeesh. It was nice sometimes though. There was a there was one point where we had like squirrels living in the walls and we cut a hole like in the wall to try to get it out. And uh, I think Keeters tracked that one down. It was like, well, at least it's not in the house anymore. <laughs> yeah, I remember there being mice. Every now and then you get like a mouse in the house or something. Keeters would help take care of that. So that was great for pest control whenever they were already inside. But there's something about seeing something cut in half still living being carried by your cat happily into the house that's just like the worst and will always stick with you hmm. and uh we still have keeters he's still our cat we stole him from my mom because whenever molly uh moved down here he became her cat my mom's like yeah you gotta take him and uh i remember i think i might have been out doing something with you guys or something I, I was traveling and molly was home alone and uh she opened the door on like a rainy thunder lightning night and keeters had like gone outside as like the storm hit and she was going to let him in and there on the front porch was a bird just like with a little bit of life left in it trying to like exist and keeters snatched it up ran it in you see keeters in the doorway the door blows open with a slam into the wall and a lightning strikes illumining keeters from behind but her eyes are still glowing and the bird is hanging please help me and then crunch. The crazy part is catching birds and squirrels and stuff. Whenever we got him, he didn't have front claws. He has no front claws and he still manages to somehow get birds and squirrels. Oh, it's like yeah. how, I don't think he can climb a tree. I don't know how he gets them. Oh yeah. I mean, obviously they're on the ground at points, but you'd think they would see him and flee, but he's just a natural murderous killer. And I think I see him out of the corner of my, hi Keaters. <laughs> you, <laughs> you fucking talking about me. You telling my stories. Oh, is there a lightning strike illuminating him from behind? There is. Uh, I don't know if anyone knows this today, but you two do. But we have a big storm system rolling through. My power <laughs> even went out a little bit ago from the thunder and <laughs> Man, you better watch yourself. I haven't checked the porch! <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna get out on that porch and you're gonna be like, well, there's nothing here. And then there's another lightning strike, but from within your house and you turn back and Keters is in the doorway. This time, <laughs> you're the bird. <laughs> <laughs> Between him and Bella, we had to have no less than 20 murdered animals left on our porch. Mm. Between those two animals. <laughs> Quite a few. So I'm ignorant of cats, let's say. I've lived with dogs, had dogs my whole life, never lived with a cat. Plenty of friends who had cats, but I don't know what a day-to-day -day is like with a regular house cat. Mm. Is it normal for cats to go outside that much? I feel like I've heard stories about, like, if the cat gets out, they're going to escape forever. Or, like, you know, that do cats go outside more than I think they do? This is a thing. I think it depends. Yeah. Some people, they have indoor cats. They stay inside. People have outdoor cats that mostly stay outside. Keeters is a really strange cat because he's very person dependent. Most cats are very independent, from what I know, at least. Keeters loves attention. Like, he loves being pet. He loves to snuggle up on people's laps and stuff. Huh. So, whenever my mom had him, it's like being outside was not really a problem. But he would always come back inside. It was pretty much only like summer days. He would go lay out for a few hours and he'd be back inside the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. So, it wasn't like he would spend most of his time outside. It was just he was allowed to go outside and enjoy the weather. And he never never really ventured too far from our yard. He was a very unique cat in that way. He's very like loyal to staying with us and such. So I don't know about the normal cat, but I feel like Keeters is not very normal as far as his behavior goes. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I had a cat named Maximilian uh, when I was younger and he was strictly an outdoor cat. Yeah. Like he loved being outside. He could not stay inside, but he always came home. Uh, and he was equally a murderer. And, you know, you just look at cats and there, <laughs> there's some there's some psychopathy going on because I remember going outside one day when I was a young lad and I saw that Maximilian was slapping the grass. And I'm like, that's strange. That's very strange. And what it was, was there was a mouse with no back legs that it was smacking around the grass oh. and it was desperately trying to yeah. get away. I'm 
I'm like, oh. that that was burned into my brain as a child. I, oh my god! They will maim their prey, but like leave them alive so they can toy with them for a while. Exactly. Yeah. That's kind of messed up, man. It, it yeah. is. You think that like when you're dangling a toy mouse in front of their eyes, you know, it's all happy, fun games. But to them, like, if only that were a real mouse. If only the blood from its entrails would be dripping into my mouth as I bat this with my claws. Yes. I wish there was suffering involved in this gameplay. <laughs> when we first uh, when we first got the puppies, I was very, very hesitant. It took Keaters over a year to acclimate to them. But there were times where they would go and like try to tackle him or whatever. Oh, no. And they were I mean they were really small. When you get like a baby dachshund, they're pretty small. Yeah, they were very tiny. And I remember one time like Pres I think it was Presley was like chasing Keaters around and Keaters warmed up to Presley faster than Ginger. But like they were playing and then all of a sudden Keaters pinned Presley down. Presley was on his back. Keaters pinned him down and had his mouth around Presley's neck. And I was like, Oh my god, he's gonna kill Presley. <laughs> and he still plays like that sometimes where he'll like chase them wrestle them then like one will roll on their back and he'll like have his mouth around their neck he doesn't like bite them but like he could he just wants to remind them that <laughs> yeah. the next time there's a big thunderstorm <laughs> there might be half of a presley on the front porch only when the strike of lightning touches the ground will your neck be slit from my teeth <laughs> uh sounds like a real tense situation you got going on over there it was for the first year i, I legit thought that he would treat them like a gerbil or something and try to murder them they weren't that small That's but interesting. like i've i've never had pets that like well so i've only had two dogs we had one dog for like my entire childhood we were we adopted shadow when i was like seven or eight or something i want to say mm -hmm. and she lived for 17 or 18 years she lived forever but like she was an idiot. If you let her outside and weren't watching her and she wasn't like on a, you know, on a run or whatever, she'd just disappear. She usually showed up back on the front porch, but she'd just wander away. Mm. Like outside dogs, like big outside, like farm dogs mm -hmm. are crazy to me because they just do whatever and they're so rugged. But cats, outside cats is interesting because like they're not that big and rugged. They're more like slinky and, you know, stealthy, I guess. But I would be so worried. Like what, did they ever just not come back? Oh yeah, I mean a lot One of One night you go to let them in and they're just not there and you're like oh i hope they come back i guess i don't know i'm nervous about that here because there's other cats and raccoons and stuff and i've heard keaters like start to get into a fight with one before and we've had to run out and try to intervene so yeah it's definitely something we have to worry about so we, we try to let him out too often here but he loves the outside so much from when he was younger that we still try to give him some time out there that just reminded me it's not a pet story but it's related to raccoons i was up early in the morning sometimes i wake up as early as 3 a.m this night i woke up at one for some reason that's and uh not morning it's morning <laughs> okay grandpa technically anyway i went uh, to bed at six and woke up at one i was <laughs> i was uh, i was up so i was like well maybe i'll get some editing done or play a video game i go to my office and uh i'm just on my computer and i hear what sounds like a child in pain and it's one in the morning and I'm going, what the fuck is happening? That's not great. I look out my window. It's pitch black. I can't see anything. So I turn out the lights in my room, try to see out the window, still can't see anything. So I go downstairs because I'm still hearing. It, it's it's the start of a horror story where something is calling you from the woods, right? And uh, this is just like two years ago. So I go downstairs and I'm kind of freaked out. I, I creep down the stairs and I still hear it. Like it sounds like something is in pain. The closer I get to the noise, the less human it becomes, right? So I hesitantly, after looking out my front door i open my door very slowly and it, i can still hear it plain as day and the moment i take one step out on my porch the sound stops oh good you can go back inside then and it's fine 
And I am like thinking coyotes or something because there was always like some coyotes, maybe like a, uh, not a mountain lion, but you know, the smaller one, a bobcat. Yeah. And so I gingerly take a couple steps more onto my porch. I'm looking around and then suddenly to my right, there's this enormous crash into the ground. And then these two animals, I couldn't tell what they were, but these two animals just started fighting intensely. And I'm, I was startled by the noise alone, but they start fighting and then sprint around the side of my house. And I still don't know what they were, but I know that, it, okay, it's two animals fighting. I want to see this now. I'm not scared of it. I go back inside. I close the front door. I go out to the back because I can hear them fighting through my house all around the side. Like there's a long side yard of this place and they go and then by the time I get to the back door, they are rolling in, in the ground. It's two raccoons. And what happens is they both roll into the pool. God. So now I have two angry fighting raccoons in the pool. One gets out immediately. The other is like struggling to get out. But because the one got out first, it keeps knocking the other one back into the pool. <laughs> so it's like, I have the high ground, Anakin. You can't win. You underestimate. <laughs> like, and then so what happens is though, they finally both get out and then they notice me. So they immediately stop and roll up their sleeves. They do that raccoon thing where they're standing on their back legs with their arms out you know their little hands in the air and they're just looking at me and they slowly look at each other and they look at me like just panning back and forth it was like a it was a mexican standoff you know just with like everyone's guns out and then they <laughs> decided their fight wasn't worth it and they ran off into the woods but i don't know why that just reminded me of that have i told you a story about where i caught a raccoon you caught a raccoon why would you do that okay i thought i told this story before uh my buddy uh and i were playing diablo the original diablo on playstation one night again back in like high school and uh we stayed up all night so it's like seven in the morning we are purely on adrenaline and caffeine and sugar at this point to stay awake and uh outside the window we see a raccoon in the front yard and we're just like we look at each other we're like dude we could catch that <laughs> <laughs> you want to try <laughs> So we go into the garage, we get a dog crate, a fishing net, like one of those really long fishing poles with like the uh, the netting where you can like grab like a bass or something if you catch one on your line. You sure. And we go outside and we try to sneak up on this raccoon to catch it. And it sees us, notices us right away and just runs up the tree. But this tree is a little isolated and we're like, dude, this thing has no way out of this tree. So we go and we grab a ladder mm -hmm. and we mm -hmm. try to climb up into the ladder and the raccoon climbs higher up and we're like, okay, well, there's only so many branches. I get a tree trimmer and I grab oh. the, the tree trimmer and I go up and start cutting off the branches of my mom's tree in the front yard, thinking oh, they'll grow back or whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how trees work. So uh, after 30 or 40 minutes of removing limbs from this tree and minutes. trying to sneak it. Or 40. Oh, this was a multi-hour endeavor. Uh, after a while, my mom wakes up. I mean, it's, so it was probably earlier than that. So my mom usually gets up around like 7, 7, 30. So she pops outside like in her uh, pajamas or whatever. And she looks at us and she goes, what the fuck are you doing? Because <laughs> there's just a dog crate, a fishing net, and tree limbs all over the crowd. Uh. <laughs> But you haven't caught the raccoon at this point, so clearly she didn't stop you. Nope, nope. We're like, don't worry, mom. We're just catching a raccoon. And I think she muttered something under her breath, like, it's too fucking early for this shit. And she goes back in the house and, like, makes her coffee. Um, We have the raccoon isolated on one limb by soon after, whatever. Yeah. A little while later. And uh, it's a, I guess it was a Saturday night into a Sunday, because my friend gets, like, a call from his parents, like, hey, you need to come home. We're going to church now. <laughs> okay. So he has to leave. So now I'm 
alone with this raccoon. It's on the final branch. I can't get to it. And I'm like, well, raccoons are pretty like sprightly. It'll be fine. I'm just going to cut the branch it's on and then get it with the net. And so I start hacking away at the branch it's on. And as the branch starts to crack, I fly down the ladder, grab the net. The branch hits the ground. The raccoon starts taking off toward the woods. I run and I dive and manage to somehow get it in the net and scoop it up. And this net does not have big holes in it. It's got really small holes. Mm -hmm. Like you would think a small fish couldn't even get through these holes. This raccoon is ripping and clawing and half of it is outside the net as I get it to the crate, scoop it in there. It somehow runs off into the crate. I managed to close it. I only keep it for a few hours, just long enough for my friend to come back and see it. The thing is going wild, hissing and spitting and just making the scariest noises imaginable. Like I had to like get a stick to help open the crate to let it out because I was so afraid of it. It was so pissed off. But I guess after two hours of taunting it and trying to catch it, um, the tree only made it another year or two before we had to take the whole tree down. So I might've done some damage to the tree. Uh, it was quite the cleanup effort. I was imagining young Afro Wade on a huge fucking ladder leaned up against one, one tree trunk with one limb on it and a raccoon on the one limb. This was a big tree too. Not like a giant tree, but like this was not a, a, a skinny, you can wrap your arms around it and hug tree. This was like, two or three people would have to touch arms to get around mm -hmm. this tree. Like, this was a big tree that we annihilated. Very sad, actually. Oh, yes. Try to justify it. To that tree, it woke up one morning. It opened its eyes. <laughs> you were there. Lightning struck behind you with your afro aglow and a tree trimmer in your hands. Even Keters was afraid of this lightning strike. <laughs> and he knew his time was up. And then 40 minutes of agonizing sawing later, you got a raccoon. Yeah, you in that tree alive, man. <laughs> My mom walks outside. There's three dead animals on the porch. There's a dead tree in the front yard, a raccoon in a crate, a skinned snake in the yeah. garden. She's just like, oh, must be another Sunday. That's that meme. What do you got there, son? Uh, a raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> We caught it though. We did it. Good. We caught it. I felt really horrible for it afterwards. I didn't really think about the trauma we'd done to the raccoon along the way. Uh, that raccoon is never going to trust a human again, ever. Yeah. I, I don't think you had another thought after we can get that raccoon. Everything else was null and void. No, we did not. <laughs> Well, because, you know, my friend and I, we had like, uh, we were we were buddies, but we were also kind of competitive. We played like basketball against each other all the time. We played like some competitive games and stuff. Like I was a lot more competitive back then than I am now. So whenever he and I looked at each other and we said we could do it, it's like whenever he had to leave, it was like, well, now I'm going to be the one to catch the raccoon. He'll see. Mm, it showed him. him. Yeah, you sure did. I sure did. Yeah. Now it's just a really great, also horrible story to tell that traumatized a raccoon and killed a tree kind of messed up yeah honestly i feel like you framed it like you were telling an animal story i think you just told a, a tree murder story <laughs> there's an animal involved sure, you know, the sure. raccoon's partially to blame if it hadn't gotten the tree the tree would have been fine you oh know? It was yeah a, it was sure accomplice. blame the raccoon <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was an accomplice to the tree murder the raccoon picked the tree it was not my fault that day to be a tree yeah. yikes it knew we were gonna get it no matter what it put the tree in my way and it knew i had to cut anything in my path i think this is what mass murderers use to justify their actions Pretty sure. Same logic. As the host of this episode, I want to thank you for your adorable, fun, and lighthearted pet stories. Mm. Great contributions, but I think we must cede the floor to Mark, and I'm very excited for this story. Oh, thank you. Um, it's a well, great story. I appreciate it. Possibly the best story that anyone will have ever told on this podcast. No pressure. Okay, this is pretty high pressure. Tell your title again for everybody listening. Uh, this is The Day the Roomba 
died. Uh, so I have Chica. Chica is adorable. I got Chica when she was about eight months old. She was just super cute, lovable, bubbly, really attentive, would look in your eyes and just stare at you. Also stares at walls, so I don't know how much of a conclusion you can draw from that. <laughs> she has some unique quirks. My dogs have unique quirks too. I feel like every dog has like those one or two quirks that you're just like, huh. How did I roll the dice and get this? Yeah. Chica stare is good, though. She'll stare in your eyes for a long time, and she'll pant while she mm -hmm. does it, and it's really, really adorable and also kind of concerning after a while. Yeah. She purrs. I remember we were planning the tour, and I was wearing a watch that was reflecting sunlight onto the brick wall, and she spent like 20 minutes trying to eat the brick wall, and I had no idea why for a long time. Yeah. Oh, she loves She loves lights. Pointers. That's yeah. true. So she's adorable, right? She's mm -hmm. perfect dog in every way, yeah. except that uh, she wasn't potty trained trained, right? Mm. So I was struggling to get her to learn the concept of outside, and it was going well. But on one particular day, I had a very busy schedule. I was out for many hours most of the day, um, and I get back late afternoon. And all of this is pretty burned into my brain because I remember it very distinctly uh, for reasons that will become self-evident. I get home. No one else is there. I open the door. Actually, before I even open the door, I notice that something is very wrong because there is an odor emanating from the door. Uh, and it's a very distinct odor that any pet owner would be able to identify. It's the smell of poop. Mm. And I'm thinking, oh no, Chica must have shat near the door. I better be careful opening it. I don't want to smear it all over the floor. What an ironic thought. Because the moment I open the door, a wave of smell punches me in the face. It is the most barbarically horrible odor of pure shit stabbing into my nostrils. And I think, holy crap, how could this possibly be? And my eyes are kind of stinging from the odor. And through my blinking tears, I notice that there's a new texture to the wood grain on the floor. And I'm like, ah, oh, I don't remember there being such a stain to that wood. Upgrade. An upgrade. Yeah. And this is true because my brain couldn't possibly fathom what I saw. <laughs> and after a few moments of bearing the stench, I look long enough to realize that's not the wood. Somehow, someone has paintbrushed poop over every square inch of the floor. And when I say every square inch, I mean every square inch of the floor in a perfect lawnmower, like pristine lawn, alternating this lines. This is a big floor, too. This is a good sized floor. Big floor. It's like a kitchen, living room, dining room combo yeah. area, Open right? If I'm remembering the, where this was. Yes. Yeah, it's a big area. And <laughs> I, I stare at this and my brain just can't process this because there is so much poop everywhere and i'm i'm looking around and and thankfully the one area where there wasn't poop was the landing from the front door and there's like a balcony dividing it and like two steps going down to the main living room that's the open area and i look over the railing and i'm just surveying it you know like oh this is my kingdom but this is this is my poop kingdom <laughs> and i my eye is tracing this path all the way to the left and i find the culprit in the corner and it's not Chica. You may think that Chica would be sitting ashamed. No, Chica was actually wagging her tail next to me, ready to greet me, all happy and bubbly and looking at me with a smile on her face. In the corner was a Roomba that was tangled up in fur, smeared in poop, and somehow upside down. And that's the biggest mystery to me. That That is the biggest mystery to me. I 
I don't know how else to explain that that Roomba was upside down other than the idea that it could not bear the sin of what it did and it killed itself. <laughs> and it was just like, either that or it was murdered. But the evidence suggested otherwise. Chica's like, I'm gonna be in so much trouble for this and just like takes it out. I mean, that is an option. That is an option. Uh, but Chica was suspiciously clean. You know, she wasn't smeared in anything. So I don't think that she was involved because I would have seen paw prints of her walking through it all, oh, right? That's and true. That's I, true. I mean, and I know how pristine it was because I had to clean this up. So we had a Roomba. And if you don't know what a Roomba is, it's a robotic vacuum that automatically cleans your floor. And what Chica had done is she pooped as far out from the living room as she could, but she pooped right next to the Roomba dock because it automatically goes back. And while I was away, it decided that now was the best time to clean it. And it just rolled over that first poop patch and it carried it the entire way through its entire <laughs> journey of cl cleaning, quote unquote. Well, and those Roombas are meticulous. They get every <laughs> single square inch of floor so that you know you're confident you've got a clean floor. Yeah. You don't want to miss a spot. <laughs> I can attest to a Roomba's thoroughness, and I can't believe that it waited until it got every square inch before dying. Like it. It really wanted to make sure its last job was done right. <laughs> I remember the first time you told this story, I had tears in my eyes for like an hour afterward. I was laughing so hard because the thought of you having to like figure out how to even start <laughs> cleaning this up. Yeah. And the mystery involved. Yeah, no, I'd love for you to tell the story of how exactly you approached that. Did you have to walk on the poop floor or did you just like, how did that start? <laughs> Thankfully, the access to the kitchen. So it's an open floor plan. So there's like no doors bridging, but the kitchen is a separate unit. It and the living room and the, the the like the back like not a room but back area was where the poop was contained so the Roomba had only gotten that area a part of the kitchen and all of the living room so there's another path to get there so I I mean I'm literally in shock for a good 10 minutes just looking at this looking back at Chica looking at the dead Roomba looking at the poop like I I have to you know get my bearings and thankfully I had the foresight in this house to have a mop and a bucket uh but that 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 kind of like you know me saying oh good there's a mop you don't realize how much poop water you create from having to meticulously mop up smeared poop over everywhere and and not only that the smell but what i was worried about is that how quickly i got used to the smell which made me think that my the nerves in my nose got burned away from the sheer quantity of poop in the air like i was i was part poop and it, that's why you have to chew your food for five minutes now so you can taste it again <laughs> yeah all my nerves got burned away in that horrible day <laughs> so like I'm, I'm going at this with bleach right so i got like the harshest cleaners i don't care about the wood anymore like because the wood is already a lost cause if i don't get at this so literally it's just like i would mop as much as i could which was not as much as you think <laughs> like before i could that water was not good anymore and i i spent the next probably like it was day when i started it was bedtime when i was done uh -huh. and uh, so i spent a good four or five hours just cleaning this and i would go through it again and again because i worried that the smell would never go away and it still <laughs> concerns me to this day that it got i got it to the point where i was tolerable of it but like maybe i wouldn't know if the smell was still there that 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 was 
so much poop. And she was such a small dog at the time, but she pooped so much. Oh, she pooped big. She pooped big. Why don't you try replicating it and see if you notice the smell again? Then you'll know if uh, you're cured or not. Oh, man. I, I don't know. It, it was weird because, like, after that moment, she never... That was the mo the day that she stopped pooping inside and she understood the concept <laughs> of pooping outside. She had to sit there and smell her own shit being smeared for hours and was like, oh, my God, this is what I've done. I mean, what does that do to a dog's brain to see that... You, you know you pooped if you're a dog, but then to see this horrible robot that you don't understand what it is, take your poop and put it everywhere. It's like, oh, God, no. Yeah, no, I, I can only imagine the progression because probably she pooped inside and when you're not there you know dogs don't really worry maybe they worry a little but like she probably looked and was like eh, this mm. is my house now yeah <laughs> and then the robot comes and starts in she's like hey oh he's spreading it around oh cool 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 wait a minute <laughs> wait he's spreading he's spreading it everywhere wait dad's gonna come back yeah Oh no! And, like she's just sitting here, terrified, watching this happen for however long—an hour, or two hours, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you get home, and she's like, "Hey, I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Never again." Before that moment, she's watching this all happen, and then she noticed the Roomba pause in the corner, and she's looking at it. She gets a glint in her eye. She crawls up behind it. There's a lightning strike behind her. She's back illuminated. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, the Roomba is dead in the corner. The story should be the day the Roomba was murdered. Anyway. So we have the front porch massacre and the shitty living room massacre. <laughs> yeah, you right about that, you right. Imagine like if you'd called a cleaning service, you're like, hey, could you guys get someone out here to help me clean oh today? They show God. up and open that door and there's just shit everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you know how in movies the cleaner's always like, we've always seen worse. This is the worst thing that they've seen that they compare <laughs> yeah. it to if they walked in the door. <laughs> they get home from that day, they're like, it's happened. <laughs> I've officially encountered the worst home I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It was shit everywhere. It was nothing but shit. In fact, the house was pristine if it weren't for the shit. But there was so much shit. And they quit their job that night. Mm. Just imagine you on the phone with that. And you're like, no, listen, I don't even know if you want to come. Like, I'm trying to warn you. And they're like, hey, buddy, we've seen it. I've worked at UDF. <laughs> I've worked at Jimmy John's. I've cleaned those bathrooms. Nothing can be worse than that. You have no idea. I tried to warn you. Thought they were fucking wrong. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, Chica destroyed that house. There's other Chica stories. Chica destroyed that house? Yeah. Not Chica. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know. Well, she also, um, what I did is I didn't have her in a crate. I had her like in a pen area and it was a large area. She had like a, almost a bedroom sized amount of space. Uh, but there was one patch of that because it was mostly railing. Uh, but there was one patch that was wall. And I come home one day after she's been in this pen and there are bite marks in the wall. No. Like literal <laughs> bite marks in the wall. And I look at it. And again, it takes me a moment to process to realize that Chica had been chewing the wall. <laughs> and she has toys. All her shit, like her pennies are like littered with toys. And I don't even know how she got her mouth in a right angle to be able to bite the wall. I just imagine her nose like smooshed yeah, it's up. It's not like a corner, wall. right? It's like no. a flat wall it's a surface. Flat it's a flat wall, wall surface. <laughs> <laughs> but she 
she had been <laughs> delicious. Wow. It's weird though because our dogs, when we first got our dogs, I had them like in a crate with um like a pen that connected to the front of the crate so we could leave the crate open. They could come out and like get their food and water, potty, play, whatever. Mm. And they seemed so miserable whenever they had that open. They were always whining and crying. They hated it. But I took the pen away at one point because they just kept destroying everything, kind of like Chica, but they're a smaller scale because they're a lot smaller. Mm. I took the pen away and it was like they were just in the crate. And they were happy as can be just being crated. It was like something <laughs> about that open area made them go fucking bananas. Whereas just being in the crate, like to this day, Ginger and Presley will go like sleep under a couch or they'll go into their crate on their own. They, they're like din animals. They like having that like tight little space to go hide in. But that open area makes them go fucking bonkers. And you think you're doing them a favor, but I swear for ours, it was not. <laughs> I've always had kind of small dogs like Lexi right now. She's 15 pounds. She's pretty small. And our childhood dog was like 30 pounds, maybe 25, 30 pounds, like a medium, small, medium dog. And uh, I've always heard you don't want to have too big of a crate for them because yeah. dogs are like den animals. Like you said, their safe space needs to feel like cozy and small and that makes them feel protected yeah makes sense and they are perfectly content they will not whine or anything in the crate they're they're happy as can be they'll go squeeze somehow under the couch which i feel like is terrible for their backs but i can't get them to stop doing it but they're happy as can be under there but yeah having that like open space it's just like they paced around and whined jumped chewed at it chewed at the floor tried to dig at the floor it was just like they were freaking out the moment you took that away it's like all right well i guess you guys don't get to have this anymore and it's like oh thank you we're much happier now it, it makes no sense to us but for them it, like it was a world of difference yeah oh animals have you guys ever had any uh crazy animals crazy animals ginger's weird ginger i don't know if she's crazy but she's weird as can be the first time she locks herself in the bathroom sometimes and the first time she was in there we had no idea we were looking for her for what felt like an hour freaking out i was like well there's no way she got outside she must be trapped under something we were carefully moving all of the furniture searching over the entire house i'm checking all of the doors and the bathroom is closed but we sometimes kept it closed anyway i guess we hadn't closed it it was cracked open or something and she got in there and closed the door on herself opened the door and she's just sitting there with her tail wagging quiet as can be didn't make a noise <laughs> and she had to have been in there for no less than three or four hours she's just hanging out i guess yeah. yeah, we go to go on walks. She loves being on a walk. She hates the thought of going on a walk. If she knows she's going on a walk, she goes and hides as far away from us as possible, makes it as miserable as she can for us to get a uh, her harness and leash on her. But the moment she's out the door, she's perfectly fine. She's just got weird quirks like that. That's weird. But I, I meant more like actually just insane. Mandy's parents had a dog. Uh, she passed away recently. Not that recently. A year ago, two years ago. Uh, but anyway, it's a, it was a, she was a schnoodle. Schnauzer poodle mix. It's, poodles are very smart. And she had like the smarts of a poodle. Uh, but with something was not quite right with this dog. It was a thing where like um, she was kind of jumpy. She would bark, which is not weird. She would bark at noises. She would bark at people. That was normal dog behavior. But one time she was, my dad was traveling with uh, Mandy's parents. And, and my dad had this dog, Roxy, on his lap for like five hours. Because a long drive. It's like an eight-hour road trip, and Roxy sat with my dad for a long time, and they were cool. They hung out, and then they stopped somewhere to go to the bathroom or whatever. They stopped at a rest stop. My dad lets the dog jump down out of the car, gets out of the car, holding the leash, stands up next to her, and Roxy freaks out like she's never seen him before in her life. 
and starts barking at him and screaming like a psychopath. And like, it's, it's one of my dad's favorite stories because he was so fucking confused because he just spent all this time getting to know this dog. But also she, uh, she had to eat her food on the floor because the sound of her own collar occasionally hitting the bowl because the edge of the bowl sticks up up into the neck area uh, scared her and she was afraid of bowls. <laughs> so like, she's a fun dog. She'd run around. She's, she's still a dog, but she had like human problems. She was smart enough where she would sort of understand kind of what's happening. And she kind of did that thing where she'd talk. If you, you would ask her a question and she would kind of answer, you know, it'd be like, you, do you need something? And she'd be like, out, out, outside. And like, you could kind of tell she kind of was like kind of there, but she was fucking nuts. Like some, there was a screw loose in a bad spot somewhere. Uh, but that was like the craziest dog I've ever known. Uh, Lucy is not crazy. I hesitate to say crazy because Lucy, uh, my mom's dog, who there is another poop story about Lucy. <laughs> it's not nearly as fun. Well, it, for you, those stories are fun. For me, not fun at all. <laughs> So did you have to clean up that one too? Yes. Uh, I'll just tell it quickly. The day before I left to come to Los Angeles, I was moving literally the next day. My mom decided to buy a dog for me. And I'm like, this is strange. Why would you do this? I am leaving. And uh, it just so happened that that dog was Lucy. And Lucy is a great Pyrenees. And a great Pyrenees is a big dog, even when they're a puppy. And so this is a quote unquote tiny puppy that is suddenly in my room as I'm packing to leave. Uh, my flight is early in the morning tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, I have a dog here. So I leave the room for maybe like five minutes to go get a snack because I'm like, okay, I'll watch the dog. It's fine. Uh, come back. And I open the door and then that same wall of smell hits me. And I'm just like, what? No, it can't be. Oh, this is before, so it's not like I had horrible memories. I was predicting the future with my <laughs> visions. Uh, but there was poop all over the door and floor. Uh, and I had a carpet here. I didn't have hardwood like last time. So uh, what happened is uh, Lucy had pooped on the floor and then dipped her paws in it and decided to be artistic and paint my door. Oh, God. With poop. And so instead of packing, I got to clean. <laughs> So, yeah, that's that story. But Lucy is a little nuts because if people know Great Pyrenees, they're very large and they're working dogs. I think they've been quoted as saying, like, a Great Pyrenees will follow commands, but begrudgingly, you know, as if it knows it doesn't have to. <laughs> you know, it only does it out of politeness. Um, and that's kind of Lucy to a T. Lucy wants to be outside all the time. But also, Lucy does not like other dogs. And this is why it's very important to keep your dog on a leash if you are walking your dog. It's not that Lucy is a bad dog. Lucy is a working dog. And Lucy's job is in her lineage is to kill coyotes and wolves and protect livestock. That is Lucy's job. And my mom also has like four tiny little dogs. So that is the livestock that my mom's dog Lucy protects. Any other dog, even Chica, she does not like. She doesn't like anything getting close to her babies. And and even Chica, who is like the sweetest dog in the world, she would growl at Chica. But if 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 Lucy meets another dog when they're walking, very aggressive. Very like, don't come near. This is my mom here. You don't come close. And it's it's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, some dogs are meant to work. And that dog has a job and that's protecting those tiny puppies. So, uh... No, no, nothing bad has happened, but she's, uh, 
She's 125 pounds of oh my very God. aggressive dog. Jeez. Not very aggressive. She's the sweetest girl in the world. Like, it's only when she doesn't know another dog. That's literally it. Yeah. She's very protective. Some, I mean, some dogs are just like that. I feel like you raise an important point. Mm -hmm. I see this online quite a bit. I'm on Reddit and TikTok, and I see these things. This is not usually an informative or factual thing, but I since it came up, I feel obligated to say, keep your damn dogs on a leash. Mm -hmm. I understand that your dog may be the best trained dog in the world. I understand that they might have perfect recall that if no matter what's happening, you can be like, come here and they'll come and heal and sit right next. That's not what this is about. You leashing your dog is not to protect other people from your dog mm -hmm. necessarily. Maybe you have a dog that's that has, you know, an abusive history or something. They have some reason where they're not safe and you need to keep them from doing anything and keep them safe. But other people's dogs, you have no idea what the hell is up with them. Like Lucy. I've seen Lucy. I've not met her in person, but she looks like a sweet dog. Pyrenees are often described as very chill, good guardians, very relaxed until their family, their pack is approached by a stranger. And then they're just protective. But she's, like you said, she's 125 pounds. These dogs are huge. For the law of God, just leash your dogs. There's people in my neighborhood and their dogs are like elderly, so they don't do anything. They're fine. But they just walk around with their dogs unleashed and their dogs do not listen. Yeah. And it's not a problem. Luckily for me, Lexi is chill. Lexi loves dogs and she's tiny, so she can't really hurt them anyway. She's she's harmless. But like if I was a person who had a big dog like Lucy or another breed that was you know, defensive or not dog friendly, mm. it terrifies me that people walk around and you're like trying to keep your dog safe and do what's best and then someone else is just gonna let their dog run up and do whatever and then if your dog bites their dog your dog gets in trouble because their owner is not being responsible so just use a leash i know it's not fun yes if you want to go to a park get one of those 50 foot long leashes and let but like it's a mutual respect thing it's not just to keep your dog safe it's because you don't know what other dogs are around for the love of god yes to rewind to the crazy dog story have you guys ever had a dog that has separation anxiety not oh, too yeah. bad. Lexi a little, but not too bad. We had a German Shepherd with separation anxiety. And German Shepherds are notoriously brilliant dogs. They are very smart. Yeah. Very capable of doing like a lot of things normal animals are not. And uh, Max was no exception. We tried to keep him in a crate. He found ways to open it and get out. We locked his crate and he found a way to disassemble it from inside and get out. <laughs> and uh, among the victims of Max's escapades were a couch that my mom had from like her marriage with my older siblings father that was like a very valuable couch he annihilated it two doors two floors 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 he destroyed like the carpet ripped it up dug to the wood oh okay um jeez hmm. He also spent time outside. He had, uh, we had like an invisible fence, so he was able to like run around outside. Well, one day he was out there. My mom went to work. It was a beautiful day, so he was outside. However, when my mom went to work, he was like, oh, I want to go too. And his idea of going was somehow opening up the car door to my car and getting into my car, which it was a beautiful day, but in my car, which had like black leather interior, it was not a beautiful day. It was way too hot for him to be locked in there. And he managed to open the door and get in my car he didn't end up going and then he started overheating couldn't get access to water or anything uh and tried to get out he did not figure out how to get out of my car but he tried to eat his way out oh my no. god and he did four thousand dollars worth of damage to my interior oh. by trying oh to god. chew his way out oh. and i remember waking up because you guys know me i don't get up early i sleep in late yeah and i remember getting up around like i don't know 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning and looking around for max and i was like i, I cannot find him so i called my mom she's like oh yeah i left him outside i mean he has the fence on he should still be in like uh, he's never escaped it before and so i'm looking 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 and i go find my car
car and all of the windows are fogged up. And I remember opening the passenger door to my car and just he flew out full speed to go into the house to get access to water. And as I open the door and he runs out, just pieces of leather start falling onto the floor from the door. I look inside, my seats are all clawed and bitten to pieces. The dashboard, the steering wheel, everything is just annihilated. Ooh. And I couldn't even be mad because like I saw the condition that he was in. I felt how hot and humid it was in the car. But I remember making that second phone call to my mom and I think I started crying. I was like, mom, my car is destroyed. And she's like, what? And uh, I remember her coming home from work and uh, we ended up having to give Max away. That was like the final straw because he just, we all weren't home all the time and he needed someone there all the time. And he, uh, yeah, destroyed everything with his separation anxiety. He was so smart, but it's like, if he thought he was alone, I, I can't even tell you how many thousands of dollars worth of damage he'd done to the house and the car. Like, the car was like four grand by itself. The couch, I figured how many thousands of dollars that was worth. The doors, the floor, I, I, toilet paper roll. I mean, you name it. He destroyed everything. Yeah. Well, it's lucky he didn't die. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I know. Yeah. I understand the car, but yeah, everything else. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, the car, like I said, I, I couldn't even be mad at him because it's like, it was very obvious he just wanted to get out and couldn't find a way out. But I mean, I was devastated about my car, but I, I we didn't like yell at him or anything for that because it's just like, my God, how long were you in here? Hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. That's unfortunate. We had dogs with separation anxiety, but they just like pee yeah. on the floor. <laughs> Or whine a lot. Well, even small, like, you know, small dogs, are, to me, if they get upset, like, they can do some damage. But, like, a German Shepherd, just the power of those jaws and claws is not matched by another animal I've had. <laughs> Quite bitey. Yeah. Well, now we know how Wade's dogs are. That uh, was a big concern. And are uh, dogs a reflection of their owners? Oh, God. <laughs> Lightning strikes my car in the distance. <laughs> a semi-truck. Lightning strikes behind it. <laughs> <laughs> no! All your fears are coming to fruition. Too soon, man. We're coming up on the... It's right around the one-year anniversary of that happening, and I still don't have a car. Can't imagine. Not like we've been allowed to go anywhere. But anyway, that's the end of the episode. Uh, now I have to pick a winner. Like I always do, I was keeping track of points during that and tabulating things. I don't believe you. Uh, privately on my end. And then the same as I always have done and then never haven't not done. Um, ooh, it's close. It's kind of unfair because I, I I didn't laugh, like you said, Wade, the story that Mark told about Chica and the Roomba. I also, like, couldn't breathe laughing the first time I heard that. That's just such a good story. It's so close. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mark, but uh looks like I win again. You really, you really got yearn some points for the murders, Wade? Yeah. And the lightning bit? And Keters being the cat that's never going to die. Go on. Uh, but the winner of the episode by two points is Mark. Still. Hey! What? There's no way. I was also keeping track of points. I won by at least 33. Hey, uh, Mark had to clean up like so much poop. Thank you. Come on. Give him a pity win. Come on. I had come to on. deal with dead animals. Come on. come on. Just a pity come win. Come on. What's yeah, Death or shit? Ah, that's a weird choice. You have a victory speech, Mark. Um, I do. Uh, Wade is an incredible person. Aww. He's a great contestant. He really tried. I did. Um, he told some good stories. I think I must have eked it with my assists on those lightning jokes, keeping it going. Mm -hmm. That must have been mm -hmm. the only difference. Otherwise, you know, it was a good game. It was a good game, Wade. It was a good game. Good game. It was rigged from the start, but other than that, yeah, it was a good game. Uh, I did rig it pretty hard. Yeah, it was start, pretty rigged. But, you know, yeah, that absolutely. happens. It's like the Super Bowl or any other professional sport. The winners are predetermined. I didn't even ask to have points deducted this round. <laughs> I can't believe it. I didn't even deduct any points for you. Mark just had just an absolute gem of a story. It's not your fault. Mm. It's not your fault. Wait. Thank you. It's not, it's your, not fault. your fault. Not, not your you, fault. man. Not like this. It's not your fault. No. It's not your fault. <laughs> anyway, thank you, gentle listeners, for listening to yet another episode of Distractable. 
Don't forget, make sure you follow this podcast wherever you like to listen to it so that you know when there's a new episode. But the new episodes come out on a Monday, so just listen to it on Monday and then on every other day of the week and preferably multiple times a day if you can. Uh, you can find Mark at Markiplier on, you know, YouTube places. Wade, Lord Minion 777 or Minion 777. He does things. And find me, MySkerm, on Facebook. You'll never spell it right, so good luck. Uh, yeah, that's going to be the end of a great episode. A real uplifting uh, episode about pets murdering and shitting on everything. Mm-hmm. You'll love to see it. Everyone probably feels great right now. I Didn't we do this episode already? No. Wait. Oh, sorry, yeah. Sorry. yeah. <laughs> Come on. No, no. No, we did it actually. It was like episode 20-something. Yeah. It's not oh, possible. There it I is. Looked. Oh, dogs yeah, poop in our is. souls. That's the episode. Wow. Guys. Actually, it's the third time we've done it because we also have a, a dog's poop for the mother's soul. <sighs> it's kind of a joke, but it also kind of hurts my soul. That's the end. This, just don't. Don't. Okay? Podcast out. <laughs>